0: I ask you to please stand. If you would turn to the order of worship, the order of Holy Communion on page 15. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved of the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended thee, and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ Our psalm for today is psalm number 28. It's in the inside cover of your bulletin. We read it responsibly with the congregation, reading those portions in bold type. To you I will cry, O Lord, my rock. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you. Do not draw me away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity.
1: Who speak to their neighbors, but their is
2: in their hearts.
0: Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them
2: after the work of their hands, to them what they deserve.
0: Because they do not regard the works of the Lord nor the operation of his hands. He will
1: destroy them
0: Blessed be the Lord.
2: Because
1: he has heard the voice of my supplications.
0: The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped.
1: Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him.
0: The Lord is their strength.
1: And he is the same
0: strength
2: of his anointed.
0: Save your people and bless your inheritance.
2: Them also and let
0: Lord be with you and
2: be
0: let us pray oh Lord you never fail to help and govern those whom you bring up in your steadfast fear and love make us have a perpetual fear and love of your holy name through Jesus Christ your son our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. You may be seated. For our catechism lesson today, we continue looking at the sacrament of holy baptism, and today we, first of all, consider the question, But has not Christ, by his suffering and death, redeemed us from all sins, from death, and from the power of the devil, and merited eternal salvation for us? And the answer is certainly, but holy baptism is the means whereby the Holy Spirit makes all these great things our own. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 reads, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. To whom does baptism give all this? To all who believe, as the words and promises of God declare, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. And why does Christ our Lord not say, He who does not believe and is not baptized shall be condemned because it is unbelief only that damns and through those saving faith cannot exist with the contempt of baptism. It can exist with the lack of baptism. Uh, One example given in the scriptures certainly would be the thief on the cross who in his last hours Uh, acknowledged his sin and looked to Christ and said remember me when you come into your kingdom and Jesus said today in paradise. And So it wasn't the lack of baptism that condemned him Uh, he was saved by faith. On the other hand we have contempt for baptism in Luke chapter 7 verse 30 where it says the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of god against themselves by not being baptized by him Uh, they rejected uh, being baptized by john the baptist and so they rejected the counsel of god what god uh, had commanded them to do and what the way in which he wished to give to them the blessings which christ would win for them and so we say also today one can be saved without baptism if they have faith in christ but if one has faith in Christ, he will be baptized. And if one refuses baptism, uh, he denies his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because he rejects the way in which God would give to him and make him a part of this covenant in which he has all the blessings which Christ earned for him when he suffered and died on the cross. Our epistle lesson today is recorded in 1 John chapter 4, beginning at the first verse. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but try or test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not from God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, of which you have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error beloved let us not love one beloved let us love one another for love is from god and everyone who loves is born of god and knows god he who does not love does not know god for god is love in this the love of god was manifested toward us that god sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God loved us in this manner, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we dwell in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit, And we have seen and testified that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he who dwells in love dwells in God, and God in him. In this our love is made perfect, so that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He who fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him he who loves God must also love his brother. Here ends our reading of the epistle. I ask you to please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel.
2: Amen.
0: The Gospel appointed for today is recorded in St. Luke's Gospel in chapter 14, beginning at the 15th verse. And when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who eats bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, A certain man made a great supper, invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must go and see it. I pray you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray you to have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and told his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as you have commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, so that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste of my supper. Here ends the reading of the Holy Gospel. Today we confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed found on page 22. who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended to heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and Giver of life, who proceeded from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. may be seated we continue our worship by singing hymn 384 oh how great is thy compassion I ask you to bow your heads and join me in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, your invitation comes to us in your word. You invite us to come for all things are now ready. As you have promised, you sent your son to suffer and to die for our sins, to pay the price, and he is risen indeed from the dead. You sent to us your holy gospel with the good news that through faith in your son, there is forgiveness and life. We pray that we would not make excuse, but that we would come and receive the gifts that you offer and give to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Dear fellow redeemed sinners ransomed by the shed blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Luther in his explanation to the third commandment says we should fear and love God that we may not despise preaching and his word but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. As we read our text, our gospel lesson for today, we certainly see the truth of Luther's explanation borne out. The setting for this parable, which Jesus told about the Great Supper, is recorded in Luke chapter 14, verses 1, and then at verse 15. In verse 1, we see that it came to pass, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him. And of course, there is another section in here which deals with healing on the Sabbath, but then as the conversation went on, Jesus talked about who they should invite when they make a feast. And then one says in verse 15, it says, one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things. He said to him, blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. To which Jesus responded, a certain man made a great supper and bid or invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray you have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as you have commanded and yet there is room. And the Lord said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full or may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. As we think about what Jesus is saying here as he's in the home of a Pharisee, eating with them on the Sabbath, we think of the people who are around him who had the promises of the Old Testament scriptures who knew of the promises of the coming Messiah and Savior, and yet when he was there, and the announcement went forth to come, for all things are now ready, they were too busy with other things of this world and neglected to come to their one and only Savior. We can think of so many Old Testament prophecies or promises of the coming Messiah and Savior, of things of which, these Pharisees, as well as most of the Jews, would have been very familiar. We think of the words spoken in the Garden of Eden Eden, concerning the seed of the woman who would crush the head of the serpent. We think of the words to Abraham, how he would become a great nation and that in him and in his seed, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. I think especially of Psalm 130, where we read these words after it talks about, you know, if the Lord were to mark our iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand, but there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. It says, I wait for the Lord, my soul does wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy and with him is plenteous redemption and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. And so there is the promise, well known and accepted because this is one of the songs of degrees. As they went up to Jerusalem to the feast, they would recite or sing or chant this psalm. And so they looked forward to that day when the Messiah would come and redeem them from all their iniquities. And now they have the invitation. I think of the words of the angel to the shepherds. You know, behold, there is born unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That the Messiah, the Lord God himself, has come into this world to be your Savior. Or we could consider the words of Galatians chapter 4, which sums this all up so well. When it says, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. In other words, that we might through faith in Christ, because just before that in chapter three, it says that you are the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus, so that we might through faith in Christ trust in him and received the adoption of sons. But what did the Jewish leaders do? They neglected to come. They rejected the invitation. They made excuses of one kind or another, often excuses related to things of this world. Again, as we consider the gospel lesson today, It says that they all with one consent began to make excuse. You know, the first said, I bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And so he was concerned about the property that he had in this world. And he had to go see it to make sure everything was in order. Another said, I bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. He had to go try them out. I pray you have me excused. And so here he had bought you know, the John Deere tractor of that day, or, you know, five yoke of oxen, he had to go test them out to make sure that they could do the work that he needed them to do, and then another said, I've married a wife, and therefore I cannot come, doesn't explain the the why, but he married a wife, and so uh, he had family concerns, or concerns in regard to his wife, and therefore he could not come, We look at, well, who did God then invite, or who did this man then invite that points to God and his invitation? And we see in our text that, you know, when the servant came and told him all these things, the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed, the halt and the blind. And when the servant said, you know, Lord, it's done as you commanded and there's still room, he sends him out into the highways and hedges to compel them to come in that his house may be filled. We read in the scriptures in St. Paul's letter to the Romans in chapter 11, at verse 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? Talking about the Jewish people, the people of Israel. He says, God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation has come to the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. And he goes on to say, now if the fall of them be the the riches of the world and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fulfillment. And he cites a number of passages as well from the Old Testament to explain this. And so... Jesus' parable points to the fact that when the Jews would not come and trust in their Messiah, that God's house might be filled, that his kingdom might be established, he sent the gospel out to the Gentiles, to the Greeks, to the rest of the people of this world. And still there was room, and so God sends them out even further and brings in, you know, those who are the undesirables, to be a part of his kingdom. And notice the warning in this text. For I say to you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. This part of the parable certainly indicates that those who neglect and reject the invitation of God's word to come to Christ Jesus and trust in him will never partake of his supper. And again, think back to the words spoken which led to this parable. When one of them heard when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying, Yes, that's true. But you're not going to eat bread in the kingdom of God, because the invitation is is out there to come for all things are now ready. John the Baptist called you to come and believe in the coming one and you rejected baptism. Jesus is there calling upon them and telling them to repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand and pointing out that he is the Messiah and still they're making excuses. They're not coming. They're too busy with the things of this world, even too busy with their own religious practices to come and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, we need to ask the question, well, what does this parable have to do with you and me today? We too have the Holy Scriptures. We have beautiful promises in the Scriptures. I think of the promise in John 3.16, which I think we all know so well, where God Plainly says, or Jesus says to Nicodemus concerning God, that God so loved the world, which means that in this way, God loved the world. This is where we see his love for the world. That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We heard a similar passage today in our epistle reading from 1 John chapter 4. Where it says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice, the legal satisfaction for our sins. And so we have the Holy Scriptures which tell us. Of God's great love for us in sending his son to redeem us from our sins we have the scriptures which tell us to repent and be baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ we have the scriptures which tell us and call upon us to turn to the Lord God for his mercy and forgiveness we have scriptures which tell us that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried that he was raised again the third day according to the scriptures and in the passage I quote to you so often from First John, we have the scripture which tell us that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, that he's the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. I ask you today, well, do we neglect and reject that gospel invitation? When I teach catechism lessons and teach about Luther's explanation of third commandment, when it says we should fear and love God, that we may not despise preaching in his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. That despise there does not mean we hate it or we loathe it, but it means that we place so many other things above it that we neglect it. That's how we despise the preaching and teaching of God's word. That's how we despise and neglect the gospel invitation. And certainly when we look at these excuses, we can find so much similarity to our own lives. You know, the first one, I bought a piece of property and I need to go and check it out. Well, you know, we buy and sell property. Uh, We invest in things. And so many times we think, well, this is more important. I need to do this now. And we neglect to hear God's word and to receive the promises given to us in the sacraments. The second one, you know, went out and bought five yoke of oxen. I doubt any of us have bought five yoke of oxen. We might have bought a car or a truck. We were in a farming community. We might have even bought a tractor. We might have bought a John Deere. And we need to go and try it out. Well, is it so important to do this that we neglect to hear the word of God and his promises of forgiveness and life in the Lord Jesus? What about the one we've married a wife? Uh, All of us who are married know we have family concerns. We have things to take care of in our homes, things that need to be done in relationship to our families and our children. Do we let those become so important that they keep us from coming to hear and learn God's word and to receive the blessings offered and given to us in the sacraments? We might also consider the question, well, what happens when we neglect? God's invitation goes to others. I've told you before, Luther often spoke about the gospel as kind of a passing shower, that it's here one day and it moves on to somewhere else the next. The Word of God has been preached here in the United States, and so often people neglect it that now the people that we were going to and sending missionaries there are sending missionaries to us because we have become a heathen nation in so many ways. And so God's invitation moves on, and he calls others who will hear, who will believe, who will come and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, that warning also is true, which is recorded in verse 24 of our text, "For I say to you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. We have God's gracious gospel invitation. He calls us to repent of our sins and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and to look to him for mercy and forgiveness and he gives us these promises and we neglect them or reject them. We will not taste of his supper, we will not eat bread in the kingdom of heaven, we will not be around the throne of God and the lamb. In heaven, but we will be condemned to the eternal torments of hell. Again, this gospel invitation continues to go out. In Isaiah chapter 55 is a beautiful example of that. Here through Isaiah, God calls, Ho, everyone that thirsts, come you to the waters. And he that has no money, come you, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price wherefore in other words why do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfies not hearken diligent to me and eat you that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness incline your ear and come to me hear, and your soul shall live and i will make an everlasting covenant with you even the sure mercies of david behold i have given him for a witness to the people a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, you shall call a nation that you know not, and nations that knew not you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. And so we see that God's invitation goes out to come to buy food which truly nourishes our soul without money and without price partake of the supper that God has provided for us through the innocent sufferings and death of his son Jesus Christ. God's call goes out to repent of our sins and to look to Jesus and his cross and God promises to us forgiveness for all our sins and a place in his everlasting kingdom where we will eat bread in the presence of the Lord God and partake of eternal joys forever. One more passage and then I will close. St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, his second letter in chapter 5 and in the beginning of chapter 6, he says, And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he says, I have heard you in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And so God's call goes out, come, for all things are now ready. God has kept his promises of old. He sent that seed of the woman. He sent the seed of Abraham. He sent the seed of David, our Lord Jesus Christ, into this world born of a woman made under the law to redeem those who are under the law, that we might through faith in him receive the adoption of sons. His call goes out to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And the word of God tells us, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. God grant that we heed that invitation and trust in our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. I ask you to please stand. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You may be seated, we continue our worship by bringing forward our offering. I invite you to please stand and join in the prayers of the church. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, by your word and spirit, give us a fear and knowledge of you. Set us on the way of wisdom and insight that we may love you for your law's reproof And grow wiser still in the wisdom of your gospel and its righteousness lord in your mercy O lord you have brought us who once were far off near to you by the blood of christ bless the mission of your church in our land and throughout the world that through the proclamation of the gospel many may be built together with us into a dwelling place for you lord in your mercy O Lord, help all parents to set their children's feet firmly on wisdom's path by raising them up in the fear and knowledge of you. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, bless our rulers and all who govern the nations in your stead. Keep their lips from speaking deceit, turn them from evil, cause them to do good and help them seek peace and pursue it. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, we give you thanks for putting an end to abortion in our state and removing the federal protections allowing the murder of the unborn in our land. We pray that you would move other state legislatures to put an end to the killing of the unborn and that you would move all those who have supported or participated in this grievous sin to repentance and faith in Christ Jesus that they might be forgiven and spared in God's judgment. Lord, in your mercy, O Lord, we lift before you the many afflictions of our fellow believers, especially today we pray for Janet and for Dick. For the promises, or for the sake of your righteous Son, hear their cries for help and deliver them out of all their troubles. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, since you have made us fellow citizens with all the saints, through faith in the shed blood of Christ Jesus, Help us not look upon anyone in our midst as a stranger or alien, but embrace them instead as fellow members of your household. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our o Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Lord, in your mercy, graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. We continue by singing hymn 314, Lord Jesus Christ, we humbly pray. I ask you to please stand. The Lord be with you.
2: And with thy spirit.
0: Lift up your hearts. We lift them
2: up unto the Lord.
0: Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. Truly meet, right, and salutary, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty, everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take ye, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, "Drink ye all of it, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the remission of sins. This do as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. body of our lord and savior jesus christ given to death for all your sins I ask you to please stand. Now may this holy body and precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Be part in peace, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake.
1: true body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, given into death for all of Lord your Lord sins. And Savior, Christ, Take and eat. Shed for the remission this is the true of all body all of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Take Christ, given into death for this all your sins. This is the true blood, blood of our Lord
0: and Savior, Jesus Christ, shed for the remission of all your sins. The Lord bless you and keep you in his baptismal grace. Take and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, shed for the remission of all your sins. Now please stand. Now may this holy body and precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Depart in peace, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you for Jesus' sake.
1: Amen. Take ye, This is the true body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given it to death for all of your sins. And may God bless you and keep you in His baptismal grace. Take also and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, poured out for you for the full and free forgiveness of all of your sins. Now I ask you please to stand. May this, the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you unto eternal life. Depart in peace. Amen.
0: O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy we give thanks to thee, Almighty God, that thou hast refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we beseech thee that at thy mercy thou would strengthen us through the same in faith toward thee and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. The Lord be with you. Bless we, the Lord. Receive now the benediction of the Lord. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen, amen,
2: amen.
0: You may be seated. We close our worship by singing hymn 391, Blessed Are the Sons of God. Again, a welcome to all of you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Janet, we're glad to have you back from California. So, lots of traveling. Uh, announcements. Our midweek Bible study is at 7 o'clock on Wednesday via Jitsi Meet. I invite you to join that. We're currently studying the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, I believe we're in chapter 10 yet. Uh, our next voters meeting and potluck is Sunday, July 3rd, is that next week already. I believe it is. Uh, so the meeting will follow the service. The potluck dinner will follow the voters meeting. And I don't know if there's a lot of items on the agenda. I know there's a, a loan that I think has probably gone through or is, is that done? Marty the paperwork. paperwork's done. We haven't actually gotten it yet. Uh, ladies second saturday brunch is 11 a.m on saturday uh july 9th uh, so invite all of you to partake of that all the all the ladies uh, i didn't get in the bulletin because i didn't hear until after the bulletin was printed but bishop heiser will be here on july 6th he wants to meet with marty and me about two o'clock and then uh if you would like to visit with him uh we could maybe set up a time like seven o'clock in the evening and uh an hour and a half he said an hour and a half or so if uh you're interested i will schedule that he said he would be willing to talk to you and answer questions so that's agreeable with everybody i will just set that up i think uh deacon honkin is also going to come so any other announcements this morning Okay, again, God's richest blessings to all of you, Uh, blessings in your Lord and Savior. I guess one announcement I couldn't make ahead of time is we will not have the regular online Bible study that night. However, we may connect online if somebody wants to come online and ask questions. So, okay, God's blessings to you. Thank you.